so I was gone this past week to a youth pastor conference down in Dallas. Uh, for those that remember, I said that last Sunday. Um, and it was refreshing. It was good perspective. It was a good time to connect with a lot of guys that I network with in the, in the pastoral world. And one of the things that we took away, or that I took away specifically, was one of the speakers talked about Scripture as our authority. Um, for those of you that have your Bibles, if you want to turn to Hebrews 4.12, we'll start there. Hebrews 4.12 reads, For the word of God is living and active. We didn't go any farther. That speaks volumes. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul, of spirit, of joints, and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. What this speaker was continuing on in is that as we look into life, what are we dependent upon? What does it come down to? Are we dependent upon ourselves? Are we dependent upon our spouses or our jobs? Or what should we depend on? If scripture is the authority and it holds all truth, this is what we should be dependent upon. And so understanding that, when we read this, when we allow it to sink in, let that be the focus. Because today we're going to talk about expectations and focus, what we give our attention to, what we allow to be truth. So if you want to turn with me into Matthew 21, 1 through 11, we're going to read the triumphal entry. Matthew 21, 1 through 11, all the Gospels carry it, but we're going to read this version. I'll give you a moment. Matthew 21, 1 through 11. <clears throat> now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, and the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put, them, put on them their cloaks and sat on them. And he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Today focuses on his triumphal entry. Jesus entering in. And what is everybody excited about? They're throwing down leaves. They're throwing down their cloaks. They're praising him. Hosanna in the highest. 
reads all through Scripture, if you look through the other Gospels, each one speaks slightly different. Mark, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Luke, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. They're praising him because he's the king. He's what they've wanted. They're celebrating a victory to come. But let's put it in perspective. Here they are sitting. It's easy for us to sit here and know where Jesus is headed, right? We all know how the story ends. Jesus dies on the cross. He's resurrected. They don't know that at that moment. All they see is one who is going to be their king. But what do they have to compare for a king? If you were sitting in their shoes, who would come to mind? Who was the king that reigned and was spoken of a man after God's own heart? David. You think they knew about David? They knew about David. Did David rule well? He was a great king. <laughs> Mark's like, eh, no, he wasn't perfect. Right? But he's one that people would look to. They reminisced about it. Man, if we only had a king like him. We do it nowadays. If we only had a president like fill in the blank. I'm sure it's different for everybody. Or if I only had a boss that was fill in the blank. We talk about people who ruled well. But then you have Jesus coming in, who's been spoken up very highly about. And he's going to reign and rule. But where did they expect him to reign and rule? Yeah, on earth, right here and there. They expected him to be better than David. They expected him to provide for their people, to be a kind ruler, to continue with miracles, to provide food for them. They were going to live prosperous lives. They were excited. But their perspective was he was going to be on the throne here on earth, that he was going to rule here. That's what they expected. That's what they were hearing. That's what they chose to see. So set it up. They're here. They're excited. They just got done praising him. And then what happens? A while later, Jesus is arrested. They're sitting at a table. They're talking with all their buddies. Yeah, Jesus is here. The king is here. We can't wait for him to take his spot. And then someone comes in the door like, hey, man, Jesus was just arrested. Like, what? No. Stop that. Don't be, this isn't April 1st. Don't do that. No, man, he was arrested. I can imagine just the emptiness, the void that would be filling him in that moment. Like, someone that was supposed to be living up to this highest potential, as they expected, all of a sudden was arrested. The thoughts that would be consuming them, the doubt, the, what, I'm really confused, the confusion. The emptiness. But it's what they came to expect. As you read in scripture, if you read Luke 24, 21, 
But we had hoped, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day and since these things have happened. Their expectation was redemption then and there in Jerusalem among them. But it's interesting because it comes down to what they were hearing. In John 20, John 12, 20 through 37, if you want to turn here, turn there. John 12, 20 through 37. Jesus spoke of how he was to come and what he was going to be doing. He told them. But how they received it was differently. And what they came to expect wasn't what Jesus was offering as far as staying here on earth. Verse 20 through 37. Now among those who went up to worship at the feasts were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who were from the Seda in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered him, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, be glorified. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show them by what kind of death he was going to die. So the crowd answered him, we have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, the light is among you. The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. When Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. There was a lot of confusion, misunderstanding, and expectation of what they wanted. We tend to do that sometimes. We hear something, and we hear it how we want to hear it, but are we hearing the truth? Are we letting that truth reign in? Or do we tend to put our expectation on it? 
And then it's understanding God's word and how it's above us. Isaiah 55, 8, 9. For my, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Understanding the truth. Their focus was on what they could offer them, not on what he actually came to offer them. They wanted to see him in a box, sitting on a throne on earth. They were so focused on what they thought and what they expected of a king, how they would define it, that they didn't let the truth sink in. They weren't focused on Jesus himself and the words, the truth that he was speaking. Thomas doubted it when he came back. He said, I will not believe. That's what he said. I will not believe unless I can put my finger in his hand and his side. That's bold. Believing comes from faith. Our focus has to remain on Christ. And as we look at ourselves nowadays, it's easy to become distracted and expectant. When we came to know Jesus, we're excited. When you see someone come to know Jesus, they're excited. Their life has been made new. And all of a sudden, there's a list. There's a list that shows up. Lord, I've been living in this way. I came to know you. Now I expect my life to turn 180. I expect to be rich, drive a nice car, live in a nice home, and I'll give you six to eight months to do it. <laughs> yeah. We do. We come to expect that. And then we're confused when he doesn't answer what we want. But what are we focused on? We're focused on gain. Did we want to gain a savior or did we want to gain a king? We want the savior. He is the king, the king of kings. But not sitting here on earth. He doesn't have to be here on earth. He's in heaven, still the king of kings. Understanding that truth, letting that truth, focusing on that truth. And learning to live not in expectation, but in the promises that he gives us. If anything, we're expected to live a certain way. We're commanded as followers of Christ to live the way that he modeled. That's on us. He modeled it. He exampled it. But where's our focus at? Where's our focus at now? Is it on Jesus? Or is it on tasks? And I'm like, all right, Lord, let's jump in the back. Let's do this. I need to check these off. Or is it my will in line with your will. Because it's his will be done, but sometimes we tend to tweak that and say, your will be done on the plans that I have. <laughs> it's true. Lord, I need your will to happen 
but I've already got the path paved. Don't worry. I took care of the work. You can sit back. That's not how it works. No. We need to be aligned with his will. We need to be focused on him. And the things, the check boxes that we have, we pray about them. The things that we would like, that we don't really get to expect, we go to him and say, Lord, what is your will in this? Do I need this? Is this necessary? What do I need? Ask him, what do I need? Not what I think I need, Lord, and please fill the void. They had expectations of a king, and he's still king. But their focus was on what they were going to gain from it. Their focus was on the here and now, not the to come. And not understanding truly what he was saying to them, the words of truth that he was speaking to them. We have an advantage. We know what his word says. We still fail at focusing on him. We still have expectations. We do that. And we know the end result. So how do we apply it to our lives? What are you expecting in your future? What are the expectations you have now? Be like, Lord, I really need to pay off my house. I need to be able to do A, B, and C. Do you? Is it that important? Or is it more important to focus on God and then he's going to take care of you? Does he not have the best laid plans? He does. We know this. I'm not sharing anything we don't all know. But what it comes down to is our focus. And we like to lose focus sometimes. And we live in a world that's very distracting. So what I like to do is have Hannah come up and just play a little background music. And let's just take a minute. And as I like to use Psalms 139, 23, and 24, let's just process this. Ask the Lord today, Lord, search my heart. What are the expectations that I carry? What are the, what are the things that I expect of you? And reveal them to me so it's not an expectation, but a focus on you and knowing that you have your hand over it. That you're in control of the situation. That my eyes can be open and revealed to the truth that you're sharing with me. So I don't miss that. Because your ways are higher than my ways. And your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. But share those with me now, here and now. It's expectation you didn't even realize. The way we live our lives. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you.
focus on God, we're comforted by his love. When we focus on God, the expectations fall away because we know. Because he does reveal to us. He does put us to ease. Even when we don't fully understand, even if he doesn't reveal everything to us, he comforts us because our focus is on him. He is the light. Let us focus on the light and be filled with the light. same love that God had for us that his son didn't stay down here on earth better for us that he died on that cross for our sins what we thought what they thought in that moment no we need you to stay no it's better for me to fulfill this we're not meant to stay here this isn't our eternal dwelling place we needed him sacrificed himself on that cross and he willingly did because he loved us we needed that more than anything, more than any ruler on earth we needed him to do that to be that for us that sacrifice so let him be our, let him be our focus when we wake up in the morning Lord, be our focus distractions the joys Lord those are all a part of this world but let the center of it all be you it revolves around you as our focus and when we focus on him he answers knows our hearts. He hears our prayers. He loves you. Lord, may we go this week and focus on you. And not be caught up that we expect but Lord to be caught up in your promises and your truth and the authority of your word and that we spend time in it and that you reveal and encounter us that your spirit is poured out upon us and as our example that we can walk in likeness of you